Lord today, to worship him and to learn about him. It is wonderful to be here together. Uh, thank you so much for your, your kind uh, attention and patience. I'm filling in for Tim today. He's in Belize doing the work of the Lord, uh, where probably a lot of us would like to be right now. But uh, so glad that we're going to have fun together here today. Uh, we're going to talk some about a ministry that uh, CHS has been supporting. But first, since, we li- since we're in such a big church, it's so hard to get a hold of everybody and know everybody. I feel like I, I only know a very select few names even in this-, in this room. So a quick word of introduction, if you could bring up this next screen. Uh, this is, uh, is my family and myself. Uh, that's my wife, Rachel, and our kids. Anna, Judah, and Knightley. Anna's 16, Judah's 14, Knightley is 12. We've been coming here to CHS for just over two years, remember? Knightley was baptized here. Uh, we are here in Penn Forest, and they go to Cave Middle and High. So uh, all right around here, uh, I volunteer. I, I'm one of the ushers. That, I take attendance uh, whenever they, they call me up for it. And Rachel and I are, both have a background in, in nonprofit management. One of the reasons why I really love CHS, one of the things that caught me right away is that CHS really prioritizes missions. I remember one of the services that I watched online before I even moved to Roanoke. Uh, Quig brought up, uh, I think he was the executive director of the rescue mission and handed him a huge check for $100,000. You got, you, were any of you here when that happened? Well, that was such a great service. And when, when I saw him do that, I thought, this is the kind of church that cares about the things that I care about, cares about the lost, cares about the poor. And that's one of the first things that I, I fell in love with about CHS. And I know that CHS supports so many uh, different ministries. Uh, are any of you familiar with some of the ministries that uh, the church supports? If you do, go ahead, just raise your hand and raise your hand and share briefly about it. What's that? Compassion. Yes, I agree. That's one of my favorite charities, too. They do fantastic work. Anybody else? Go ahead. Celebrate Recovery. That's right. My wife and I led a Celebrate Recovery several years ago. Isn't that an incredible ministry to get people right where they need Jesus? It's amazing. Anybody else? Go ahead. Voice of the Martyrs. Do we still uh, support Voice of the Martyrs, too? Yeah, I do. I think it's one of the coolest. I agree with you. Our, our ministry is just like one step down from the size of the Voice of the Martyrs, so they're really similar to us. Yes. Wonderful. Anybody else? Go ahead. Let's say one more time. Blue Ridge Women's Center. I agree. You know, I went to their uh, annual uh, meeting the last couple years. Isn't that just incredible? I love that ministry. They're wonderful. And so I'm so grateful that uh, CHS also supports uh, Bible League International, the the ministry that that I'm affiliated with. Um, It's been doing it just for a short time. The first gift came in actually several years ago in 1999, way before me. Uh, But then it's been giving monthly for just over a year, starting in August of 2022, and just around $3,704 as of this week. So a little, one of the small things that the CHS is doing, but it's also making an incredibly large impact. There's one specific part of the ministry that CHS has been funding. Bring up this next picture. Thank you. 
And that's this Bible translation. One of the things that we do is Bible translation. And specifically, a new translation in Japanese. So uh, there has been a Japanese Bible for a, a long time. It was written uh, many years ago. And so Japan was actually one of the first countries that we went to to do ministry uh, right after World War II when, when uh, MacArthur invited uh, ministries to send Bibles and ministers to Japan. Uh, since then, the Japanese language has changed a lot. And now in written Japanese, uh, there is something that works a lot like emojis in English. So that you put the emoji and then you know how the person feels when they're talking. So all the, the modern Japanese that young people read has that, but the older Bible translations do not have uh, those kind of characters. And so when you read the Bible in the older translations, it just comes off like uncaring, unemotional, a little cold. Uh, still faithful to all the words, but doesn't have the emotional markers. And so Bible League's current translation in Japanese has all those markers so that when people read the Bible, they can really feel God loves me, his grace is extended towards me, and see how wonderful the Lord really is. And so this is the editor for our Japanese Bible. Uh, he's a minister in Japan. So what we do is we have our academics here in America. They're, they're in Atlanta. No, not Atlanta. Not Atlanta. They're Dallas. So uh, they are the ones with all the degrees and lots of Bible translation experience, and they know Latin and uh, Greek and Hebrew and all of those, and they provide all the academic stuff so that uh, Koga over here, who knows both English and Japanese very well, can work as the middle person to get the, the Bible translated into modern Japanese. That work is almost done. They've already completed the New Testament, the Old Testament, is doing a few last exegetical checks where they're looking at some passages and thinking, is that really what the original uh, language is talking about? So they're, they're double-checking several of those, but it looks like they're going to be ready to upload it to the Internet, the Old Testament, in March. And then hopefully later on this year, there'll be a dedication where they'll actually print the whole Bible and start giving that out to people. They've already started giving out the New Testaments, and uh, there is several print versions of the Gospel of Mark. Uh, last year, they printed 4,000 copies of just the Gospel of Mark and shared it with lots of different churches so that they can be the first ones to start reading this Bible. A lot of this is uh, possible because of generous gifts like CHS. So one of the reasons why I'm sharing about this today is just to say thank you so much. So in addition to Bible translation, there are so many other things uh, that Bible League does in providing the Word of God for places all over. I remember um, when we did the missions conference uh, with the uh, Anglican Church. Was it last year, Lisa? Or year before, maybe? 22. 22. Good. New wineskins. Thank you for filling that in. I had a big blank in my head for there. So I remember there having a conversation with the Anglican bishop who was there from Burundi. And he told me a story of what had happened at the Anglican churches there. And he said, uh, because of general poverty in the area, Bibles are very scarce because people can barely afford just to buy the food, let alone what they would consider luxuries like books, including the Bible. And so he said what happened to him is at his church, there was only one Bible, his own. But since it's such a prized possession, somebody had stolen it <laughs> because it was, it was valuable. 
And so somebody stole it, and so he got another one. And somebody stole that one, too. And so he had to get another one. And so he told me, we just need Bibles so badly. Can you imagine that your Bible is such an item that people are stealing it from you when, when you're not looking? It's incredible. But people need Bibles that badly. And so one of the things the Bible League does is it provides these Bibles as, long as, as well as Bible studies and training so that people don't have to run into that. I believe that every Christian should be able to have a Bible, to be able to read that every day and to be able to pray and hear the word of the Lord in a way that they can understand it and apply it. And that's really what Bible League does. It makes sure that everybody in the world has a chance to read and apply the Bible. And so for those of you who are big on numbers, I have a couple numbers for you. Go ahead and bring that up, please. Thank you. And these are just Bible League ministries of what we did last year. Now, you have some uh, papers on your desk, including your annual report. It has the annual report for last year. And the numbers I have are the cleanest numbers for uh, uh, this new year that just finished, including 23. And so we, we train people to do church planting. And with Bible League alone, there are well over 2,000 churches that were planted all over the world just last year. Most of those are in villages that have never had a church before. Uh, for those leaders trained, those were people that uh, we trained to lead Bible studies and how to share their faith. And all those leaders that way could start Bible studies of their own where they can teach other people about the Bible. Over 150,000 of those for people reached, those are the people that those leaders reached. So they'll take, uh, for instance, a copy of the Gospel of John and they'll go around their village and invite people to a Bible study. And they'll build those Bible studies around. So those people reached are people that have been uh, spoken with, with the trained leader. They've been given uh, materials. They've come over. They join the Bible study. They go through the whole Bible study. They get a Bible. They get uh, materials after that to continue to growing in their faith. And so every single person reached uh, receives several different pieces of materials so that they can grow in their faith. And that's why when you see the scriptures provided, it's even so much higher almost 7 million last year alone. Just imagine all those people that wouldn't have a Bible just because they couldn't afford it. But because of wonderful churches like CHS, these people all over are able to have access to the Word of God. So thank you for doing that. Also on your table, you have uh, their action reports. That talks about some of those stories. Uh, one of the stories on the very first part uh, with uh, talking about Don Raj. He is uh, somebody who does ministry in Nepal, and he's done something really neat. Uh, one of the ministries that we have is Bible-based literacy. So for those churches that uh, are working in areas where generally people don't know how to read, they teach them how to read. And they use the Bible as one of the materials to teach them how to read. So they're learning to read, and they're reading the Bible at the same time. And this is a very effective ministry in places like Nepal, where there are severe restrictions on what you can do to share your faith. Because that way, uh, people are joining it because they want to. And so although the people who join the Bibles are Hindu and Buddhist background, they join this and are within these studies for years. And you can get a lot of scripture in somebody in that time. And sure enough, people often come to faith as, an, as uh, part of that experience. It also talks about a couple other ministries that are planting churches in Nepal specifically. 
uh, where there uh, are not very many churches, as well as leading those Bible studies. But there's a couple testimonies that I just find so moving, and I want you to hear the person's words for yourself. <laughs> because it's one thing to hear a story, another one to see the person who's experienced it. And so we're going to play the first video about Lori Jane, and then afterwards I'll ask you about your reactions. Go ahead. All the people surrounding me is bullying me. I thought that if there is a God, I have a question to Him. Why you made me like this? Ko po, ang family ko po ay broken family. Ang mama at papa ko po ay naghiwalay. And they are both have families now. And I'm, nakatira po ako ngayon dito sa church. That was, I think, when I was young people, I was still uh, living here. And I'm doing ministry. Doing the, the, the work of the Lord for His glory. In the mountains of Mindanao, the southernmost island of the Philippines, Lori Jane is telling people about Jesus. It's not a story of physical healing, but a story of acceptance, of love, of purpose. God hasn't yet healed Lori Jane's body, but He healed her heart. Lori Jane wasn't always so comfortable with her body. Before she knew Christ, she hated it. It was all she saw in the mirror. She was constantly bullied as a child. She didn't understand why any God would make her this way. She didn't understand why he would break up her parents, causing her even more pain. At one point, she drank gasoline and cut her wrists to try to end her life. But over time, God spoke to Lori Jane she began to understand that He loves her and He created her to be a beautiful image of Himself. She began to release the anger and pain and rest in the love of her Father. She saw that she is fearfully and wonderfully made and made for a purpose. In the altar, in the church, I said to the Lord, Lord, I give up. I surrender my life to you. I offer my life to you. Give me a new heart, a new mind, and give me your spirit so that I am able to see the good things that you have done in my life. I really feel this, the moving of the Holy Spirit and I really feel the, the power of the Lord. Starting that day, I, I say that there is a living God who really moves our lives. After that, I experienced, 
I just like a newborn babies. My hatred, my self-pity are gone. Lori Jane began to see her physical condition as a way to point people to the Lord. She knew the Lord was calling her to ministry, to share His love with others. Her disability didn't define her. God did. He called her chosen, child, made in His image. He called her to a life of joy, acceptance, and service. And Lori Jane embraced the call. She leads Bible studies in Wa'o, one of the poorest cities on the island. She has started more than 50 studies in homes across her community. Six days a week, she walks from house to house to tell people about Jesus. She takes friends to help on the slippery, muddy hills of Wa'o. But nothing stops her from going to teach the gospel. One of the Sunday service here in church, the Lord is challenging us. The Lord says, Home shall I send. That word is so much have a big impact that word for me so that I was crying in the altar and said, Lord, here am I. Use my life. Use me, Lord. God answered that prayer over and over. Hundreds in the city of Wa'o have experienced Jesus because of Lori Jane, her testimony, and her commitment to the gospel. She is an inspiration to the entire community. Several in her Bible studies are eager to be trained as leaders like her, so they too can share God's word. God created you with a perfect body, and God created me with an perfect one, but I believe that the Lord has a purpose in my life. I am so great and blessed because of my situation He is using me. I want to see more souls coming to the Lord, serving in the Lord. I want more children coming to the Lord, serving to the Lord. We want five years from now, uh, my prayer to the Lord that the Lord will bless to my ministry and to our church. I ask praying from you and the whole team is salvation from uh, our community to save the people, including the brothers and sisters Muslims and every tribe here in Wao. Lori Jane thought her disability defined her, but it's God who defines her. And he called her to be his servant, despite her physical challenges. Use your body as, your, as the instrument to glorify the Lord. Use everything that you have, your talents, everything that you have, use it for the glory of God. Because myself is not perfect, but the Lord is using me. What an inspiring story. When you see that story, what, what kind of things stood out to you? Go ahead. It's, um, it's amazing. It was, two things are really amazing. First of all, that when they zoomed in on her in the church, when she was reading the Bible, it started with the English Bible, but when she's in the church, you can see the text. That's not English. And I'm assuming that's like a language that mothers yell at their children. Like, Jesus is Lord is the whole point. And, like, every corner of the world is going to say that one day. And that was so cool. 
Amen. That's wonderful. Go ahead and bring up this next slide with just uh, Lori Jean at the baptism. All the people surrounding the me. That. There we go. What else did you guys see? That was so wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. Go ahead. I thought it was interesting, her prayer when she went up to the altar. She, um, she had a very naked prayer, like asking God to use her. Um, she was asking for a purpose. And it made me think about the pre-fallen state of the man where our job and our purpose was to ride straight from God's lips. And you know, she's kind of trying to return to that. I thought that was a really cool, a really cool thing. That's wonderful. Go ahead. Stood out to me is so often um, <clears throat> children, adults, anyone born into a situation that's obviously less than ideal. So with a physical disability or any, um, you can feel so. I mean, but anyone, right? Like we all have different things if they're not visible. Um, you can feel less than, and she has through Christ walked into this calling that's like so much more than most of us in this room are ever going to accomplish with our lives to see the, you know, the hundreds of people that she's impacted through her life. Um, that, and that if God had not stepped into her life at some point through people, that could have gone in a completely different direction, you know, given her origin story. That's right. Thank you. And in the back? Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Go ahead. I, I don't know if it was just like a translation issue or whatnot, but when she used the word uh, recognizing her body is imperfect and everyone else is as perfect, I, I really liked that. Um, it reminded me that the Lord's arm's not too short um, and that he can use a nobody poor Jew from Galilee to bring on the Messiah or the, some rambunctious fisherman to be the rock that he plants his church. We, um, and even though her body might not look like everyone else's body, doesn't, doesn't measure out what she's worth um, in her life and, and her just seeking make the most of my life. And now she's, like you said um, before me, you know, she's making probably doing more with her life than I'm ever probably going to reach the amount of souls that I'm able to reach in my life. She's probably given me a great, a very strong and impetuous benchmark to go and try to hit. She's a real inspiration. Go ahead. She transformed the hopelessness, the desperation. I think by reading the Bible, it hope, love. Bible. Completely transform. Anybody can be transformed by 
Yes, yes, she's really been transformed by the word of God and the spirit working in her life. Good. We have one more story. Oh, um, go ahead. I really like how, and this is just my perception, how she, she prayed God used me. Mm-hmm. And, and I just, and I could just feel her trust because she has no idea. She doesn't necessarily, and she did know to get these these goals kind of, okay, Lord, I want to do almost now, now let's do this. And so her faith and courage to just pray, okay, whatever it looks like, I'm game. <laughs> yeah, that faith is so scary, isn't it? She's really ready to step out yeah. and do whatever the Lord wants. And it's that scripture, it says, without counting the cost. Yes. So I want to be more like <laughs> You and me both. And just teaching. Mm-hmm. Like she may have been born a cripple, but she became a teacher. Mm. She's helping people's minds through the reading, which I think is a great vehicle. Praise the Lord. Good. We have one more testimony. She's in um, the Philippines. This next one is in, is in Bangladesh. Uh, in a, a Muslim-majority country where Christianity is, is highly uh, uh, persecuted. And so his story comes with a lot of vulnerability. This is the beer. দেখো আমি নেকড়ে বাঘের মধ্যে ভেড়ার মতো তোমাদের পাঠাচ্ছি এজন্য সাপের মতো সতর্ক এবং কবুতরের মতো সরল হও আমি বললাম আমি নিজে একজন কারী সাহেব আমি মসজিদে ইমামতি করেছি আর আমি এখন যেরকম ইসামো শিহের প্রচার সব জায়গায় করি সে সময় ইসলামের প্রচার সব জায়গায় করতাম ফোর ইয়ার্স আবির ওয়াজ এন ইমাম হি ওয়াজ এ লিডার ইন হিজ মস্ক এন্ড হিজ কমিউনিটি হি অ্যাক্টিভলি স্টাডিড দ্য রিলিজিয়ন The Bible League-trained church planter was once solely dedicated to Islam. Across Bangladesh, a country of 170 million people, almost 90% of the population practices Islam. Less than half of a percent identify as Christians. Christians are not welcome here. One day, Abir was discussing Jesus as a prophet in the Quran. A Christian man overheard him, approached his table, and asked him to read the Bible. Abir agreed. For three months, Abir studied the Bible, and it changed his life forever. Abir received the call to salvation. It was a joyful moment for him, but it was also the start of a new life, a dangerous life. Christianity brought hope. But it isolated Abir from everything he knew, his community, even his own family. The day he became a believer, Abir became a sheep among wolves. Borodiner din, amake torika bundi dawalo shekane. Ebang ami sabbisha dishe bor porer din nijer alakay aslam. Ashar por nijer alakay aslam, amar bhitori chinta silo je kotha ta kisu din ami gupon rakbo. 
কিন্তু আমি এলাকায় ট্রেন থেকে নামার আগেই বলছে সে লোকজন হজুর আপনি নাকি খ্রিস্টান হয়ে গেছেন কিন্তু তখন আমি আর অস্বীকার করলাম না অস্বীকার না করে বললাম হ্যাঁ হ্যাঁ বলে বাসায় চলে আসলাম পরের শুক্রবারে আমি আর মসজিদে গেলাম না না যাওয়ার পরে এটা নিয়ে সমস্ত এলাকায় আলোড়ন সৃষ্টি হয়ে গেল They were shocking when a beer did not show up to the mosque. Within a week, news had spread through the community. People felt their imam had betrayed them and their faith. Tarpore poreshokrobare tara musollira morjider kipto musollira eshe amar bari ghor bhangchur shuru kore dilo. Tarpore amar ghor dorja bhenge felo berata dibengo. Amake amar gaye hat tulo amake chor bushi marlo. Ami tokhon amar bhu achcha niye ami kanna korte chilam amar prarthona korte chilam. এর কয়েকদিন পরেই আমার কাছে একটা খোলা চিঠি আসলো তোর যা যা খাবার দরকার খাইয়ে নেই তোরাই উশেষ হয়ে গেছে For months local authorities and religious leaders questioned harassed and threatened Abir He was forced to leave his home without his family and moved several times to find somewhere safe তারপর আমি নিজের এলাকায় আসছি আর ওই তিন মাস প্রতিটা মুহূর্ত আমার জন্য খ্রিস্টান যদি তুমি তোমার এই মাকে দেখো তোমার এই বাবাকে দেখো তাহলে তারা জাহান নামে চলে যাবে কারণ তুমি মোরতাদ তুমি মালাউন হয়ে গেছো His home was attacked his inheritance taken In choosing to follow Jesus Abir was left with no worldly possessions and very few people he could trust যার কারণে লবণ আনতে মরিস থাকে না মরিস আনতে লবণ থাকে না এরকম একটা অবস্থার মধ্যে দিয়ে প্রভু চালাচ্ছেন আমি তাদের শুক্রিয়া জানাচ্ছি যে প্রভু যেভাবে চালাচ্ছেন ওইভাবেই চলে ওনার ইচ্ছা ওর মতোই আমি চলি উনি যেভাবে চালায় সেভাবেই চলি উনি যদি চায় যে এখানে থাকতে হবে আমি থাকি উনি যদি চান যে এখানে থাকা হবে না উনি যেখানে পাঠাবেন আমি সেখানে যাব মানে প্রভুতে নির্ভর ছাড়া আর বিকল্প আর কোনো বুদ্ধি আমার কাছে নাই He still follows the Lord into the dens of wolves knowing his job is to share the gospel. When he is mocked, he remains steadfast, just as Jesus did when he was crucified. Abir never lost the hope he found in Jesus. Bolta hocche tader dharona hocche je ekmatro Islam dhormer lokerai beshte jabe Allah shannite jabe bad bakira sob jahanna. Tader jonno prarthona kori tara jonno Prabhu ke jante pare bujhte pare. Abir dreams of the day when many in his community will believe the truth of Jesus Christ. He's now a trained church planter and has started a home church. Jesus' words in the book of Matthew tell us that people will be against us, and Abir has experienced that more than most of us can understand. But he still preaches to them. He still prays for them. He still loves them, just as Jesus loves us. আমি একসময় থাকব না এখানে অনেক বিশ্বাসী তৈরি হবে এবং সেখানে তারা উপাসনা করবে আমার প্রয়োজন হচ্ছে মানে এখন আমার যেটা কাজ সেটা হচ্ছে আমি বেশি বেশি প্রচার করব যাতে প্রচারের মধ্য দিয়ে বেশি বেশি বিশ্বাসী তৈরি হয় আর যখন অনেক বিশ্বাসী হবে তখন সব কিছুই হবে 
pray for a beer and persecuted believers around the world pray they would remain hopeful in Jesus Christ and as a beer does and just as Jesus did pray for the persecutors Thank you, and please, please bring up the screen with Abir and his family next. What an incredible testimony. The courage that people have all over the world, it's amazing. What, what uh, touched you about that video? Go ahead. Um, I can relate because um, I've, I've always grown up in a Christian home, but I'm also converted to Islam as well. So I can relate to how he feels and how he faces challenges every day. There are some people who criticize of how can I leave my religion for another, but God loves us all no matter what. And to me, I feel like practicing both is not wrong because um, with Islam, it's more the book of Moses. So for me, it's, it's more so both of the human mm, Interesting. So in your experience, when you went from one to the next, you saw a lot of persecution. And, and that's really what he experienced, too, and, and what he was sharing in his story. Yes, that's fascinating. It's so often in, in places like this, it's the family that's the primary place where a lot of that um, rejection takes place. Yes, I also, I also um, suffer from the same rejection from my family as well because they told me that it's wrong to follow a religion who's trying um, of a country that's against the United States. They look even more of a Thank you so much for sharing. I appreciate that. What else did you guys see? Go ahead. I like it that he warns them that you're going to be hated and persecuted. And I remember hearing about this country, or this pastor was saying that when people would come up in his church and want to be a Christian, he would say, are you willing to die? Are you ready to die? And if they hesitated, he said, okay, just wait. He didn't say, because if you, you have to be ready for that. You know what I mean? Yes. What boldness. I'm glad we don't have to do that on our altar rails. <laughs>
and not worry about hurting somebody's feelings. Like, we don't even have to worry about death. You know, we're, the biggest thing we're worried about is somebody else's feelings when we're spreading the gospel or whatnot. But, uh, so it's just a, it's, it's a good look at, you know, what we could be doing here as well. And have the faith that he has to be able to do it. Yes, it takes so much courage and faith to say Jesus is the way to, to salvation. You know, he is the one that uh, we go to so that we can have access to the Father and, and hope in the next world. That's right. Good, Herrick. Go ahead. It, especially with the persecution, the, the testimony that it, contrasting that with the Muslim ideology of what being religious looks like, that, that, their, that their hope was in something that they needed to persecute you for mm-hmm. physically, damage you, vandalize you, hurt. Don't get me wrong, lots of Americans, let alone Christians in America, which probably still do the same thing, people are naturally evil, but um, the fact that he was able to just strong through that and just live out Christ's teachings of love, I, I, I expect this, and gonna get rid of my hope but I am going to ask them ask to share my hope with other people like he's doing his communities and church planting to be his calling rather than saying I need to beat down Islam because they beat down me which is what um, a lot of people I've seen through history try tried to do with Christianity and that's that's not the bullseye that's right that was quite a testimony of him just going, my hope is greater, and that's okay if you don't have the same hope as me, but I'm going to hold on to this hope, because it is good, it is rich, and it is beautiful. So I thought, I really like that. That's wonderful, thank you. Yes, he's holding on to the hope. Jason? Yeah, I like how it all started with a simple invitation to find out for yourself by reading the Bible. It didn't start off, his journey didn't start off with, with arguments and debates, but rather just that simple Yeah, and did he hear that, how long it took him between that? <laughs> it took month, three months. <laughs> it sounds like he's about as hard-headed as I am. <laughs> Go ahead. I think the thing that struck me about the words was their endurance. Endurance. Um, I was listening to something the other day that was talking about, you know, the things we think about when the Holy Spirit comes into our hearts and empowers us. But something that was emphasized was the endurance that the Holy Spirit gives. And I think when you see that, you know it's uh, the supernatural life of Christ in them, you know? Um, so that's what, that's what stands out to me, that remarkable endurance. Absolutely. We have a hope that endures despite persecution. Yes? Um, there were kind of three things that stood out to me. translation, but just kind of in his manners, too. It's very matter-of-fact. It's like, I, 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 I just 
family and, and, and community as like lack of blessing and all the things that we have that are different or better than that is blessing. But but he recognizes the truth of all of us in what we would see as, as a lack of blessing and he sees a blessing that he has no choice but to rely on God is very very real and tangible with him all the time because of that. It's easy for us to, to get distracted from that I think. That's really insightful, Joel. Yes. Kind of what Joel said uh, is utter reliance on God and being fearless. It would be really tempting to compromise and say, you know, I, I can't keep my family. Maybe we're both right. Maybe there's some truth and try and go a syncretism route, but is uncompromising, unwavering reliance on God and saying that it's either Christ or chaos. I'm going for Christ. Uh, that's it's inspiring. Yes. Yes. That's right. Well, we have one more invitation left. If you'd bring up, I guess you're one behind, so this final screen. Oh, the next one after that. Thank you. There you are. Um, if you'd like to see this for yourself, you have an opportunity. I'm so glad that our church does so much to support missions. Uh, Tim's in Belize right now with the fellows, and how wonderful. And I know that many of you have gone on, on mission trips that you found incredibly enriching. Uh, Bible League has a couple of these, too. Uh, not to, to build schools, but to go as an encouragement to believers around the world. Those leaders who are already making an impact uh, for the name of Christ— and you'd be able to go there and just celebrate with them what the Lord has done and uh, be one of those people who's able to hand out some of those Bibles to people for the first time, which is an incredibly encouraging experience. If you're interested, you'd be able to keep this URL. Those are the details. And I do have an invitation in several of the packets and about half of them. Uh, but if any of you are interested in, in doing that, uh, more than welcome to go, and, and I'd be going with you, so you wouldn't be going alone with just a bunch of strangers, just somebody as strange as I am. So, <laughs> would it, uh, For the next couple of minutes, would any of you like to share a time that you've gone on a mission trip that's, that's been meaningful to you? I remember the, the last time that I was able to, it was really incredible. I, I, I went to Ghana, <clears throat> and some of the things that, that surprised me was just how desperate people are for the Word of God. I remember there was one church plant that we, we visited. They'd only been going a few months, and they were meeting in uh, this, it, it had a, like a, a roof to it but then no walls, and it was uh, the village uh, property, kind of like a community center. Uh, but it was something that only had open walls and a, and a roof. And the pastor was there, he was preaching, he already had a, a little church, probably about 30 people or so, which is incredible over just a few months period. And after the service, they were talking to us about what they really needed, and they said, well, our church has grown, and we ran out of the Bibles that you gave us already, and we just need more Bibles. Can you have that? You know, can you send us Bibles? Such an incredible ask. It, it costs only about $5 to print and provide a Bible. Just think of how many souls you can touch 
at that cost. And how many people that CHS has already touched? Praise the Lord for what he's doing. Would somebody like to, to lead us in prayer before we leave for the next service? Yes, please. Um, Father, thank you um, for sending the gospel to us American Gentiles. Um, thank you for bringing us into your family. I pray that you would move in our church um, and in our hearts to give us a commitment to making Jesus known here um, and across the world. I pray that you would make us goers or senders. I pray that you would bless Bible Week and that you would get um, your awesome holy word into everybody's hands if it's your will. I just pray that you bless their ministry. Um, get the word printed, get it in people's hands, get it in their hearts, um, and bless Jared and his work as well. Um, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. You're dismissed.